0: Hey, this is Derek D train He too. tonight's episode is brought to you by
1: brandedbills.com. One of the leaders in today's hat industry. If you want something unique, you'll find it there. We love the concept of their leather patches cut out of the finest leather with your logo branded right on the leather feeling patriotic. Check out their USA logos or shop by state offering logos from all 50 states for your custom headwear. Lots of options to choose from, so check out their stock inventory or create your own lid. Brandedbills.com is a sponsor for our hats here at Blue Line Hockey Club, and we are excited to have some of the best hats around. Choose between fitted hats, snapbacks, flat bills, curved bills, trucker hats, you name it, with all kinds of color combos to help customize your branded bill. Get online and place your order today at brandedbills.com. KingTuckGraphics.com. Are you looking for a better
2: way to promote your business? Have You ever thought about a new sign, window film, clear coat, or even wrapping your vehicle? Think about it, all the time you spend in your car driving around Raleigh, North Carolina, a vehicle wrap can be working right alongside you. A clear branding strategy can make the difference between your next call or not. If you're in Raleigh, North Carolina, check them out at KingTuckGraphics.com. Your satisfaction with their products and service is guaranteed. So, go online to kingtuckgraphics.com and check them out. Get a free quote and get started with kingtuckgraphics.com.
3: Hello, welcome
4: back to the Blue Line Hockey Club, folks. Another exciting episode of the Blue Line Hockey Club tonight, fellas. We have episode 85 tonight. We have the producer in the house, Patrick O'Gillardy Sullivan. What's up, Patrick?
5: Aloha.
4: And the local nerd on staff, Robbie P. Peters. What's up, Pete? And the all around Sports guru Derek D-Train, he too. What's up, D-Train? What's up, sweetos? And your host, the Blue Line Hockey Club tonight, Mark the Doctor. Doc. Oh. And a very special guest sitting in with us at
5: the Blue Line tonight,
4: we have Jean-Luc Grandpierre. He's with the analyst for Fox Sports for the Columbus Blue Jackets. also played many cups of. Many cups of coffee at the NHL and he's played over in Europe. He's so had extensive hockey career and we're happy to have you on the show. How are you, John?
6: I'm good. How are you guys?
4: Good, good. Doing well, man. Coming good, on.
3: good. Thanks for coming
4: on. Doing well, oh, my we pleasure. Understand- Thanks for having me. We're, we're glad that you're able to make the show. We understand you're uh coming out of a flu with the flu season. You should have got that flu shot, man.
6: <laughs> yeah, you know what? I've never, I've never had a flu shot in my life. The one year I got it, I was in Finland, and I got the flu that year. So I swear to myself I would never do it again. But <laughs> now I'm regretting it. <laughs> nice. Where are
2: you? Are you in Columbus,
6: you in Columbus tonight? Yeah, uh, yes, I'm in Columbus. Yes, uh, we uh, traveled with the team uh, this weekend. We're in Pittsburgh and Ottawa, and then uh, now back in Columbus. Correct. Oh, nice! So you travel right around with the team everywhere. Well, typically I don't, but uh, I, I usually have my show here in Columbus. Uh, well, our studios in Cincinnati for the away game, and then the home games I do them from the arena itself. Uh, but over the last weekend, uh, Jody Shelley uh, to get his appendix out, so uh, I replaced him on the play-by-play. Uh, uh, on the uh, analytics side of things and uh, so I replaced it for that so I had to travel with the team for the weekend and that's why I got my flu so Joey owes me one (laughs) (laughs) nice so does
4: does Columbus have like a broadcast for every away game though I know like um, you know with the NHL TV now you can watch you know either the home or away pretty much for every game so it's Columbus has that too right
6: yeah, yeah, so we cover, so uh, our affiliation was with Fox Sports Ohio, so we cover 80 of the 82 games, so the only two that we don't cover are the uh, the two national uh, television ones, which we had one right before Thanksgiving against Philly, and there's one later this year that's it, so we we're covering 80 of the 82, so pretty much go on the road uh, every every game. <laughs> yeah, every other night,
4: you're on, uh, on TV. <laughs> pretty much
6: that works out JL for
2: all the listeners out there. Can you uh, touch on your uh, hockey career? Just a little bit, just a quick synopsis. I know most people know who you are. Uh, You know, we're from upstate New York, Buffalo Sabre fans, uh, get them on TV, uh, watch you a little bit Um, big fighter. Uh, You know, we're all uh, 40 41 on the podcast here. So back in the day when, you know, same age as you back when hockey was tough with some, you know, the tough guy on the bench. Uh, but where did you start out? Um, I think you were drafted by St. Louis and got traded to Buffalo.
6: Yeah, so uh, it all started. Uh, so I was playing uh, juniors uh, up in, uh, in the Quebec League uh, and uh, got drafted by St. Louis, correct. And then uh, they traded my right to Buffalo uh, before I turned pro so i signed my first professional contract with the buffalo sabers and spent uh, about a year and a half in rochester and then uh, probably the other year and a half in buffalo up and down uh, so i that that's why i started and then uh, got traded to columbus right before the expansion draft and i was there from uh, 2000 well from the original season all the way through 2004 actually I think January 1st, 2004 or 31st of 2003 is when I got traded and went to Atlanta for a very short uh, stint and then finished in uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, after that, I left. And uh, during the lockout, I went over to Europe, and I loved it so much that I ended up staying there the rest of my career. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I actually had well, a question about that. We, we have had a few guys on the podcast that um, – Kind of bounce back and forth between the two leagues nhl ahl and over in europe um wh- which league like if you had to pick the ahl or over in europe which one would you pick and why is it just uh do you just like the atmosphere over there? a lot of a lot of guys that we talk to like the atmosphere and the way it is over there
0: hotter check, yeah so
6: hotter <laughs> <check>. <laughs> for me uh europe was definitely uh a great experience so what happened is uh, starting in like 99, like 2000 is basically where I was like, uh, like full time NHL roster. So I, I kind of forgot about the NHL a little bit. So from 2000 to 2004, you know, I didn't play in the NHL And what I remembered from the NHL I was like, you know, at that time I had like, a wife and two kids and i was like i'm not going back down there so during the lockout <laughs> decide to decide decide to go to europe just to kind of check it out and uh my wife loves traveling and my kids love traveling And i was like this is like the perfect opportunity for me to really show them the world and get paid for it so we went to uh, Germany. Uh, after the lockout, I signed a contract in Germany. Spent three great years there, and uh, I'm telling you, man, the, compared to there's no, I have nothing in the American Hockey League. But if you're a guy that's you know later in your career and you want to enjoy life and not necessarily get grinded down every game like the AHL used to be in a way, uh, it's definitely something that I would recommend just because the you know all the travel, the experiences and learn about a lot of different cultures as well
4: yeah so over in the european leagues is there was there in, then when you were playing was there much uh fighting and stuff like that going on or was that not part of the game over there
6: no it was not part of the game i mean yeah i gotten a few scraps here and there because you know there's always uh you know some guys that kind of want to make a name for themselves although it's really not part of their game there but, uh, yeah, I'm not going to lie, it didn't last too long. <laughs> I would <laughs> say probably <laughs> one fight every two season, And, uh, you know, it's uh, over there, it's so different because it's out of character. So, you know, if there's a fight in the game, it, it's all over national news and papers. And, you know, you make a reputation <laughs> for yourself pretty quick there. <laughs>
2: yeah, I bet.
6: Yeah, it seems like the NHL is
4: kind of going more towards that, that European style of uh, the fighting has, isn't in the games as much. There's still, I mean, I've seen some scraps, actually, in the past few weeks. There's been decent amount of scraps in the games I've been watching. So, I mean, it hasn't left the game, but it, it's not like it used to be. It's well, not the enforcers on the bench.
2: Well, the Stanley Cup last year, you know, the the two teams that were in the Stanley Cup finals didn't have one fighting major. I think that was the first time ever. That's what's. It's hard to believe for me.
5: Ever, R- ever.
6: Right. That's kind of a. That's kind of crazy. Uh, to really think about it, because. Uh, so, like, if I look back at like even my career when I was in uh, in junior, I wasn't a fighter at all. I mean, if I had to, I'd drop the glove. But I remember my first year in the American League, and we had a really, really tough team back then. And I was like oh, this is like men's world. This is not, you know, juniors anymore. And, uh, you know, the minute you went and hit somebody, you know, you have a Dennis Bonsie or like some kind of tough guy that come and test you right away. So I kind of, I literally just started fighting in the American Hockey League. And I still remember the the... the the scouts in Buffalo would come and they'd be like, dude, we didn't sign you to fight. You need to play <laughs> hockey a little more. And I was, so it was kind of a big adjustment. And now I look at the games and I'm like, gosh, you can get away with pretty much anything. And there's literally, you have no one to answer to. I'm like, I would have been a, quite the player, maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was, J, jl i was i was just commenting before you came on speaking about like guys can get away with anything i was talking about jack hughes a little bit for new jersey and i was watching a little bit of the game before i came on here tonight he looks like a 12 year old kid on the ice I, I don't know how like i think to myself like back in the day this kid would have got murdered i mean he would have you know like somebody would have ripped his head off but uh um, murder yeah i mean
5: murder. for real i
0: mean he's just he looks like you know like the youngest kid I can find in town skating out on the. I mean, don't get me wrong; he's got massive skill level, but it's just bizarre to see a guy like that out there dangling. Somebody would have took his head off back in the day.
6: Yeah, there's no doubt, and I think one of the big things that really uh, changed that movement of uh, not only of youth and but especially size and weight in the NHL is uh, you know with all the new rules, and it's not just about the fighting. there's like the actual physical part of the game it's kind of going away because basically as a player, offensive player, if you have the puck and you're not looking in the direction of the guy that's about to hit you, he's technically not allowed to hit you anymore, right? So, you know, you look at a guy like Scott Stevens who made his living just clipping guys that weren't aware of him coming, uh, you know, those are all illegal hits now. So as you see this younger generation come up in the league and I'm talking at all pro level. It's incredible to see how, you know, almost unaware they are in their surroundings because they know that they can't get hit. You know, myself, even like you guys talked about playing men's league. I play men's league and I never cut through the middle because in my mind, it's still a no-go zone unless I'm completely clear. <laughs> I'm not doing it because, yeah. you know, I just can't think of elbows and elbows and sticks coming across my face over the years.
5: <laughs> <laughs> For sure.
0: Yeah, Drew yeah. Dowdy was Drew Dowdy was just interviewed I recently, and I saw him. the The girl that was interviewing made the mistake of saying, you know, like talking about you know fighting getting phased out of the oh, game. I and saw he,
2: that. I saw. Yeah, that. he kind
0: of lost his kind of didn't lose his cool, but he was like, "Man, there's a bunch of rats out there running around on the ice. We can't <laughs> get rid can't get rid of fighting. girls, these guys aren't going to be held accountable." So, yeah, it's
5: yeah, true. Yeah,
0: yeah. I was probably
5: referring uh, yeah. to Matthew, Matthew Kachuk. Yeah, and, and Matthew Kachuk yeah. went at it
6: yeah 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 and those are two big boys, and they they both can handle it, obviously, but yeah there's uh you know it's gotta be challenging, especially for the older players that kind of live through the end of that era where it was you know a completely different game, so I don't wanna call them dinosaur, but you know all these guys that are still there clearly have adjusted really well to
5: the new game, and uh,
6: you know all my compliments to them, but it it can't be easy, that's for sure, <laughs> yeah, I don't think yeah some right. of these
5: older guys are like.
4: Yeah, definitely. Some of the older guys, you, you see them, like, when they take a penalty now, they're looking up at the Jumbotron, like, what, what did I do? You know, did I touch his hands or did I hit his skate and he fell down? I mean, some of these penalties now are quite ridiculous. And I feel bad for some of the older guys who are probably thinking, Jesus Christ, what, what does this league come to as far as, you know, it's so easy to take a penalty these days. And, um, you know, sometimes it's not even, in my opinion, not even close to being a penalty, but it's just the way the things have gone. And it protects these younger players and, you know, it's another the thing that helps watch.
6: them. It's yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, basically what the and the, the NHL did a great job at it, but what they want is they want a little less physicality. They want more skills, more goals, and obviously it paid off because, you know, the league's at a all-time scoring high compared to the scores that they used to have uh, back in the days, and that's what, uh, they want to sell, you know, with all the concussions and all the injuries and stuff like that. They want to clean up the game, make it more uh, entertaining and, uh, you know, it's good good for TV. And TV means more revenue, more money for, you know, the players, the owners and the league. So overall, for the, the old schoolers like you guys and part of me, <laughs> it's, 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 sometimes it's hard to understand, but at the end of the day, I think it's going to be a benefit to the game, the growth of the game and, uh, you know, longer career hopefully for the players as well.
5: Yeah,
0: that's true. Cool. no doubt. No doubt. Well, listen, Jay, let's go into a little bit of uh, the squad that you represent, man. Talk a little bit about Columbus and their season so far. It's, I think it's been a, maybe a bit disappointing, you know, they're, uh, you know, sitting there, I think at 500 right now. Um, but, you know, go ahead and talk a little bit about Columbus and how their season's gone so far and, you know, how you see they could improve, Uh all that kind of good stuff, man. Well, <laughs>
6: excuse me, for the, the Blue Jackets, uh, the uh, last season obviously was a dream season with that playoff run. And, uh, you know, it was cut short pretty fast because the uh, second round Boston uh, ended up beating him. But that first round series against Tampa was, uh, you know, a sweep on top of it was quite a dream for the organization, the city, yeah. and a big surprise around the league. And uh, two of the catalysts for that were uh, obviously Sergey Bobrovsky and uh, Artemi Panarin. So both decide to, you know, Bob decided to go to Florida and uh, Artemi end up going to New York. And uh, that was a big loss. And then they were hoping to hold on to Matt Duchesne, uh, but he decided that Nashville, Smashville as they call it, uh, was the place where he wanted to continue his career. So. It kind of put the jackets in a tough situation where they, there weren't really any big free agent, uh, you know, on the market beside the three big ones that left Columbus. <laughs> when you really right. think about it, and uh, that put yeah. a big hole in their lineup. Uh, so uh, they went ahead and uh, signed, you know, Gus Nyquist, who's leading the team in points, and you know, he, he's a very good player. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that Gus is a franchise-type player, but he's definitely a really good player for them. Uh, and, you know, they have Pierre-Luc Dubois, so they've counted a lot of the, uh, on the numbers they, they got last year from the Josh Andersons, the Dubois, the Cam Atkinson. And these guys didn't quite have the beginning of the season that they wanted. So Cam Atkinson has struggled. Uh, he's playing better as of late. And uh, Josh Anderson now is hurt, and he only has one goal on the year uh so it it was kind of a hard situation for them for a while now finally over the last couple games they well they beat washington twice in the last week which is kind of incredible because washington only has six loss all year and two of them are against the Jackets. and then uh they beat detroit last night so they're back to 500 and they're only two points behind new york and if you look at the uh, the metro right now, Pittsburgh is at forty four points. Jackets at thirty four, with almost fifty yeah fifty five games to go. There's still some hope, but they need to keep adding up points. So it's been disappointing, but uh, a lot of injuries. Uh, it's been a little bit of everything. Finally, they did find that uh, Jonas Korpasalo is a legit number one. He's been playing really, really well from that for them. And uh, they have that young goaltender, Elvis Merzlikens, who still has not collected a win. So he's struggling a little bit here. I think he needs a little more time to work on his game. But overall, I would say for the Blue Jackets, they might be fighting for a playoff spot. I hope they, they do. I think they will. But only time will tell because, you know, one night they go out and beat the best team in the league. And the next day they play against a Pittsburgh team that had everybody missing include malkin and they end up losing in overtime.
5: Yeah.
2: Yeah, and, yes. and you guys you get on paper, you guys are pretty good. You know, on D you got rowenski and Seth Jones who are up and coming. I mean, they are a couple years in the league, you know, four or five years in the league, only getting better. But you know, you got uh Felino, you got Dubinsky. Um the one thing that kind of you know I haven't been following the jackets too much. Um, is we're always saying here on the podcast is you need two really strong goalies to go you know deep into playoffs, um, let alone the regular season. Um, can you just touch on your goaltending situation? I think Jonas is your your starter, right? He he's pretty much been in between the pipes the whole year.
6: Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Jonas Corposalo has, uh, so the Jackets have 14 wins this year, and uh, Corposalo has all 14 wins for them. So, uh, yeah. that's, you know, right there, that's a little bit of a problem when uh, your backup goaltender cannot uh, give you uh, <coughs> the numbers that you need. And so, for Corposalo this year, uh, let me try to think. I would say, so out of the 14 wins, so he's played 27 games. So, 27 out of the 30 four games he's played and got 14 wins, 10 losses and you know he's got 908 safe percentage so it's very decent uh, especially on a young team like that but uh, as far as Elvis Merzlik yeah he hasn't been able to win any games yet so that's really tough and it makes it hard for a coaching staff stuff to put him in a game especially when you're fighting to you know catch yeah. up to the guys on top in the metro I
0: was going to say I mean no one, no one, no one torts attitude that must piss him off having a backup bully like that
6: well, you know what, honestly, Torts is, uh, I want to say, what I heard from Torts, especially, I missed him in Rochester by a year, so I came in Rochester in 97, 98 with the Americans, and Torts was there in 96, 97, so I missed him, and everything I heard from him scared the crap out of me before I turned pro, and I was like, oh boy, I'm going to need this drill sergeant. Obviously, he's he's adjusted his style, and he he is probably one of the most uh, sympathetic person and coach that you'll ever meet. He's hard on his players, but he's very fair. And, uh, yes, sometimes, you know, his methods aren't really appreciated by players, but uh, I'll tell you that I would say probably 99% of players love playing for that guy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, he was pretty vocal about
4: the guys leaving, um, the free agents leaving too this this year. About you know not being committed to the team. And, you know, if you're not committed, then and don't do they really want them on that squad, right?
6: Yeah, and you know that that's obviously he's an emotional guy, and he let his emotions speak uh, for himself. And for you know, I think he's really adopted Columbus as uh, almost like his second home, and uh, he really cares about the community. And seeing these guys leave saying that they want to leave to go win was uh, kind of like twisting a knife in a wound there because it's like, well, you just swept the best team in the league in four and now you want to go somewhere else to win. And then you look at the records of the team that these guys all left for, you know, two of them were in the playoffs the year before, look at Florida and New York, and then Nashville, who obviously they are a contender, not doing so great uh, as of late. But again, uh, as a free agent, you have the right to go wherever you want, get the money you want. But for these guys, honestly, it was not about the money because Artemi Panarin had offers from Columbus that were really high. He had offers from Florida that were high. The Islanders were higher than the Rangers, but he really wanted to be in New York City with the Rangers. So you can't fault him for that.
2: Yeah, some players just want to go to you know, Broadway, the big lights. So uh, if, if, yeah, they yeah, yeah. if they all would have stayed there, I mean, you guys would have been one of the top teams in the league, I
6: believe for sure. Oh, for sure. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and, you know, obviously a team on paper and what they are on the ice is two different things, but I think they yeah. had a really good mix. And, uh, you know, for, and, and I'll tell you for, tell me Panarin, so I've played in Europe and I'll tell you right now, whether I was in Germany, in Finland or in Sweden, the New York Rangers is like the team that everybody looks up to there. Although they don't want to stand in cup forever, it doesn't matter. You talk <laughs> hockey and they're like, New York Rangers, New York Rangers. It's like,
5: it's all you can think
6: of. And all those young kids, that's all they think of is the New York Rangers. So having lived it myself when I was in Europe and I'm like, why the heck are they talking about the Rangers?
5: They suck. But... I get it. <laughs> that's <laughs> uh, good
4: stuff yeah i mean how do you feel how do you come back to losing like you know some where the three of your best players you know as far as coming back that's such a huge hole in the lineup um to replace that within a short period of time
3: the rebuilding yeah i mean yeah
6: it's it, You know, it's not a complete rebuild because, you know, so you have Zach Wierenski and Seth Jones. They're all-stars, right? Cam Atkinson was an all-star as well. You have a lot of good players that are returning, but when you think about the elite talent yet on the lineup that just, like, all of a sudden is, like, gone for your lineup, that's where it hurts. Uh, They got a lot of young guys coming in uh, that are very promising, but sometimes with young guys, it takes a while to really get going. You know, there's not too many guys that can – jump in the league uh you know at 21 year old or at 19 year old NBA and be and superstars you know there's maybe one or two a year and uh you know uh, the jackets don't have that
0: guy right now yeah i mean you look at it you honestly look at you know after i'm talking to you here a little bit um you look at teams you know from the outside looking in you look at the standings and you're like oh their coach is probably going to be on the hot seat but you got to give a lot of credit to john tortorella for you know, <laughs> take, taking a team that has lost you know the pieces they've lost and continue to sustain you know at least, at least a level of uh, um, success It's keeping them at 500 at this point. So, and like you say, they're not not that far out of a wild card spot at this point if they can kind of hang in there. But um, kind of a testament to the coach right there.
6: Yeah, it is. And uh, you hear about you know this whole coaching carousel going on, and coach starting to get fires for a different reason and for performance as well. And his name really hasn't been brought up. And that's one of the reason why people realize, like, how <laughs> depleted the lineup has been. And then, obviously, you now they're dealing with crazy injuries left and right as well. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I think he's doing a great job.
2: I, I think yeah, we, yeah. When I, the firing of the coaches are <laughs> coming out. I think everyone was waiting for someone to say something about Torts, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, so now i figured something would but uh I, I like his his coaching style i mean that's the way i we were coached i was coached in juniors in canada um just that tough style um tell you how it is uh i i think that style of coaching I, is you know the way it should be but
5: yeah you know, and, and again
6: he's a tough and direct type guy but he's not someone that will like personally attack a player uh you know i don't see him as as that kind of guy that would personally attack someone's family or player or wish him wrong just because he didn't have a good game. So, and that's the big difference when you hear about all these Uh it's like it got personal at some point and that's, you know, beyond coaching.
5: Yeah.
4: So, JL, you know, you're uh, pr- pretty involved in the um – In the NHL, we've seen a lot of teams, you know, doing the broadcasts and stuff like that. Has there been a team that you think has been the surprise this year that you weren't expecting to do as well as they are?
6: Honestly, surprise for me is, uh, you know, Arizona, I'm a little surprised. Uh, You know, they're on top of the Pacific right now, I think, by a point. And they just got Taylor Hall yesterday. So, I mean, honestly, in the Pacific, I mean, it's pretty tight because I think Vegas in there and then Edmonton obviously having a good season and Calgary's creeping back up. So it's going to be a tough race there, but I'm really surprised with Arizona. Uh, You know, it's, you know, if you look at their lineup, it's a lot of young guys, uh, but they've really gelled together well and getting incredible goaltending as well. Uh, and then the other surprise for me is uh, the Blues, man. I, knew, I know they won the Cup last year, and I was like, okay, the, the same team's returning this year pretty much. But when they lost Tarasenko, and I was like, yeah, hey, they might start slipping, and they haven't, <laughs> they haven't lost a step. So those wow. two teams, uh, you know, in, in the West, those are the two surprises for me. And then in the East, uh, Buffalo. Uh, I think Kruger did a great job in Buffalo, and then I'm surprised with Montreal. I'm surprised Montreal still hanging in there as a third in the Atlantic as well.
5: Yeah, yeah.
4: How about the uh, the Lightning? You know, who would have thought that? And I'm being the NBA best team in the league last year, and now they're struggling.
2: Are they even a team? Well, well, JL to be like, should we even be talking about them much anymore? I mean, are, are they the team of <laughs> last year and two years ago? Are, are they even? Do they are they even deserving? <laughs> of the conversation
6: you know we're talking about surprise i was not talking about the disappointment <laughs> <laughs> i was more of a positive guy but yeah, which, yeah <laughs> the tampa bay lightning uh if you look at their record yeah you know they're 17 and 12 it's not a bad record but it's like giving what they did last season and giving their firepower up front it's been a disappointed year for them for sure you know if you look at uh them and you know even toronto uh i would say those are two of the teams that i expected more from especially in the atlantic you know i would say those two teams should definitely be above montreal and then buffalo i think they're playing above uh you know their you know expectation right now and
0: hopefully you can keep it up
5: yeah sure hey jl JL,
0: do you play a little bit of goalie now too like in men's league or something did we read that
6: Yes, I do. Yes, that's my, that's my new passion, man. I, uh,
5: I, I,
6: I love playing goalie. Uh, I would say when I start playing in Europe, I start really, really getting, uh, friend with all the, you know, my goalies. And I was like, dude, I'm like, you gotta show me a couple of moves. And I'd, I'd be playing with their equipment all the time after practice. And I figure once I retire, I'm gonna get myself some gear and start playing. And, uh, now I do. Yes, I love it.
0: Nice. That's that's the position you play now in men's league, is goalie? That's right. Yep. That's right.
6: yep. yep. <laughs> <I> play, yep. <laughs> Sunday nights goalies. Uh, when I first started, I played twice a week. I played Thursday nights and Sunday nights, <laughs> in that. Now, uh, while well, during the season with the broadcasting, I don't have time to do, but we have uh, alumni skates there at the, on game days with the staff, and uh, sometimes I'll put in the goalie gear as well for those, but, man, those shots are <laughs> hard because those all – those are all former NHLers, so yeah, those hit you, and uh, you, you get the cough for a couple of minutes after it hits in the chest.
2: What kind of style? <laughs> do you go down, or are you a stand-up goalie? You stand up for everything?
6: No, I'm super smooth, man. You wouldn't tell the difference <laughs> between me and, uh, <laughs> and Carter Hart. We look the same. Speaking
2: of men's league, I saw you do uh, a little golfing, too. You're like uh, the double bogey challenge or something. How was your golfing? <laughs>
6: Oh, yeah, so, the, yeah, uh, golf is another passion of mine this summer, and that's uh, me and uh, two of my buddies, we uh, we went up to Michigan uh, this, uh, I think it was in September, no, no, it was in August, and we went up and rented a cabin and played, like, five or six incredible courses out there, and uh, so, yeah, we called our outing the Triple Bogey Invitational, <laughs> we're all, we're all golf hacks. So we figured uh, whoever wins, whoever wins the tournament, well, that's what we're going to call the tournament. So that was a big joke, but it was <laughs> awesome. So second edition is going on next year. <laughs> yeah,
3: a lot of good memories. You
6: drink
0: yeah. any beer up there or just a couple? Or? I'm,
6: not, I'm not a big drinker. So actually it was all about golf. Was I was solely focused on winning the trophy. So it was zero <laughs> alcohol consumption for me. Uh, those guys had a few there, but yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a big drinker, especially on the golf course. It's uh, you know I'm fully focused. I suck, but I'm focused. I suck. Yeah, that's nice. Who who do you
2: got winning the cup this year besides Columbus? Who do you think's going to take it? Well, actually, who's going to be in the Stanley Cup? Let's see what uh, JL's predictions are.
6: Oh boy! So coming out of the east. Oh boy. I, I would say it has to be – I have to give you one because <laughs> there's only <laughs> one that's going to come out. Let's, let's,
2: yeah, let's give two
6: each side. We'll go two. Okay. Boston. I would say Boston. Detroit. Okay, Boston <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Detroit is not going near that. And I would say,
5: <laughs>
6: believe it or not, I don't know about Washington. I think the Islanders may be able to do it this year. So I would say Boston or the Islanders out of east, out of west, my favorite is Colorado. Yeah.
5: Uh,
6: And, oh, gosh, Colorado. I mean, I don't see Arizona doing it, but who knows? I would say uh, St. Louis or Colorado, probably out of west. It's going to be coming out of central. Yeah central's oh, tough yes
2: yeah, i got i got yeah. Colorado winning the cup this year and if they if they got taylor hall i thought that was a shoe win for sure but with uh with the firepower that colorado has i mean they're just getting better and better every game
6: yeah they're getting better and better every game and the worst part about it is like even when they had all these guys missing they kept winning so you know, Jared Bedmer, I actually I played with in Rochester. I don't know if you guys remember him. The old Jared Bednar was a D there. I did watch right. back in my days. Yeah, so he's uh, he's doing an incredible job with this young group. It's un- unreal.
4: Yeah, yeah. they picked pick up Kale McCarr last year. What a pickup there! I mean, I know he got as of late, but what a huge addition there—a young guy—and you know with the firepower they already had, picking up an offensive defenseman um you know the power play is fantastic you know i just see see good things every time i watch that
6: club
2: Fast.
6: yeah 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 they're resilient and uh yeah that kel mccarr kid is just ridiculous it's just yeah. like every time i see him skate with the punk i just literally jump off my feet yeah. <laughs> even on the broadcast
5: <laughs>
6: <laughs> settle down now settle down it's a Columbus
4: broadcast <laughs> Well, John, it's uh, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, and uh, you know filling us in on what's going on in Columbus and taking some time, uh, especially being uh, coming off the flu to come talk to the Blue Liners. And it's
0: been yeah. a pleasure, man.
6: All right, guys, so all the men's league players out there and women, remember, guys. Yes. It's not the NHL, so there's no fighting. Take it easy. We all got jobs to go to the next <laughs> bear, right? So take it easy. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> oh my all right see you guys thanks for coming all right man. Care, man appreciate
4: it oh, you're welcome a hyphenator joining the blue liners tonight john luke grandpierre um great to have him on the show and um you know all the different facets and uh you know now he's playing goalie in men's league so you know all different facets from him and you know good to Good to hear a little bit about the Blue Jackets from an insider.
2: You know, one of the top fighters, I, I, I remember him playing in Buffalo, um, having him, you know, joining the podcast is great. Just another uh, uh, former NHL player to come on and, uh, you know, just another, you know, humble hockey player that uh, just shares the passion of hockey and, uh, um, you know, decided to come on the podcast and talk a little bit about Columbus. It's uh, great. And, and he's sick too. So even better. I know Derek's sick and, uh the uh that sickness is going around you know christmas time january everyone's getting sick fucking kids are coming home with
5: snotty ass nose. yeah Yeah,
2: he fought some some big boys if you guys if all the listeners if you want to uh you know google his name and he's barnaby um uh some of these big boys that he's fought i mean he he dropped the gloves and he puts the hammer down too he was a big fighter back in the
0: days and uh
2: it was an honor to talk with him tonight.
0: Did we ever get to mention that it isn't because George Laroque, I think, is his cousin too? Correct?
2: Yeah, that's what I heard. George, I meant to ask him that, but uh, wonder if they
4: <laughs> if you ever out. fought him.
5: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> in <Rocking laughs> the blood, right.
4: Yeah, uh, I don't know. That's be a tough one, man. Fighting George George
2: I'd hate to see those two come into a bar together. Right? Fuck, ah, clear that straight <laughs> out.
4: Make sure you're with them.
2: Yeah, make sure you know those two guys.
4: If you're hanging out with them, then you can hit on any girl in there, it doesn't matter.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. Uh, Just uh, some NHL news here, you know, brought to you by Branded Bills.
1: Uh... Brandedbills.com, one of the leaders in today's hat industry. If you want something unique, you'll find it there. We love the concept of their leather patches cut out of the finest leather with your logo branded right on the leather. Feeling patriotic? Check out their USA logos or shop by state, offering logos from all 50 states for your custom headwear. Lots of options to choose from, so check out their stock inventory or create your own lid. Brandedbills.com is a sponsor for our hats here at Blue Line Hockey Club, and we are excited to have some of the best hats around. Choose between fitted hats, snapbacks, flat bills, curved bills, trucker hats, you name it with all kinds of color combos to help customize your branded bill. Get online and place your order today at brandedbills.com.
2: This whole, I know we touched on a little bit, but uh, Taylor Howell going to Arizona is huge. I I know he's kind of a a rental, right? Um, But uh, I think the Arizona Arizona is looking to win the Stanley Cup this year. I mean, they're putting all their chips in. You, You look at that roster, and... You know, I was kind of looking at the roster tonight and, uh, you know, with the addition of Taylor Hall and without even mentioning Taylor Hall. I don't know how, you know, the NHL news and all these NHL analysts weren't talking about Arizona. I mean, they got a legit squad going here um, that could uh, win the cup. I mean, they're doing great down there. Now they put him in there That's you know, they're one of the uh, top teams in the league for rushing. Rushing the puck, and that's Taylor Hall's, you know, go-to uh, fast guy. Digs down deep. He had the assist on the OT winner against San Jose the other night. Um, I don't know if anyone saw it, but he kind of battled for the puck behind the net, um, got the puck, and uh, you know, dished it out front for the uh, game winner. Yeah, it
3: was a nice yeah. goal. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as Hall goes, I, I think Arizona is. It's one of those, you know, we, we talked about horse races and coming out of the gates where we're, I don't know how many games in, 35 games in. And, um, you know, Arizona started out slow, and I, w- I kept saying there's somebody to watch or a team to watch or a team to watch, and then I kept on. But it was funny, JL said that, you know, Arizona was a big surprise to him as, you know, leading Pacific right now.
5: I just think
0: when you think about hockey, you just don't think about Arizona. You know what I mean? Still, but, yeah. I mean, they even have, I mean, their goaltending, Darcy Kemper, um, is a hell of a goalie. I don't know if you guys watch many games, but he's really a hell of a goalie. And, you know, it also you got that, the Phil Kessel effect, man. Wherever that guy goes, they just seem to win. I don't, I mean,
3: Yeah,
0: it, it's just weird though. I mean, wherever he goes, they, they really do seem to do well. So, um I know my voice sounds like shit, but this is, uh, they're, they're really a fun, really fun team to watch. And uh, I, I actually, I mentioned them a couple of times earlier um, in the season as well that I just really enjoyed watching them. And, you know, the the Garland, Connor Garland, um, he's really fun to watch too. Small little guy that dangles out there too. So they're kind of built, they're they're one of those teams that are kind of put together the right way. And I don't think from what I've been hearing that uh, the GM out there is done making moves either. So.
2: Yeah. So,
4: so what do you guys I – mean, what's this going to say? What do you think about what Jersey picked up? Like, do you think that was, like, a good move for Jersey as far as, you know, they got a, a first-round pick and a third-round conditional? Uh, the conditional pick, I believe, is based on whether uh, – how far Arizona goes into the playoffs. They can yeah. bump that up to a first-round first round pick too. Um, you know, it, is that something that you think that – they should be looking for a first-round pick or they should be looking for somebody that can come in and produce now. Um, uh, you know, some kind of, you know, Taylor Hall, you sh- should be able to get another stud player from somebody else that, you know, maybe doesn't need a
5: well, defenseman. Wait, I, or,
2: I heard that uh, the Taylor Hall's agent didn't even, um, you know, talk with Ray Shero of the, uh, the GM of New Jersey Devils. Sounded like he didn't even want to re-sign with Jersey. He wanted out. Um, they didn't even offer him a contract because no one even, you know, came forward to the table and said, you know, this is what he's looking for. Can you match it? They didn't even do that. They, uh, just pretty much, uh, test, tested out other teams to see what they could do. It sounded like he wanted to go elsewhere, obviously. And, uh, uh, New Jersey's retaining 50% of his contract, um, but, I mean, this we're, we're not talking about some random guy. This guy was the first-round draft pick. He was a heart Trophy winner, the MVP of the league. Um, this kid's nasty, and for what he's going to add to Arizona, is huge. So, I don't know what New Jersey um, – there's not much they could have done, right? Uh, you know, they were waiting for the agent to come to the table. He didn't come to the table, so they had to get rid of him. But, yeah, hopefully they can pick up someone. I mean – at the, at the beginning of this year, you know, with, uh, you know, everything that happened with Jack Hughes, PK Subin, um, we, we, even us here on the podcast, we thought, damn, New Jersey's going to be good, but uh, it's not happening at all. So who knows what's going to happen. Ray Shiro might be on the hot seat here in another, uh, this time next year when we're talking.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think we, I think you're seeing two teams on the opposite end of the spectrum. So Arizona is kind of a more established squad, right? So uh, New Jersey is, they're on a, they're kind of on a a rebuild, like a, you know, they're going completely youthful. Um, So to to grab some picks is kind of where they want to be going anyway. So.
5: Yeah. And there's
0: rumors out there that they're not done dealing yet either. I don't know if there might be dealing Simmons or,
5: um,
4: you know, somebody else, away to change your squad up even more, which you can't blame them. I know as far as coming into the, you know, trading part of the season, you know, if you're not winning and you got all these. There's there's something. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, can't get the coaches right, can't get the players to play right. I mean, coach, players got to play. A coach is only, you can change a coach as many times as you want. You got to get these guys to play and win. But there's probably a lot of confidence that goes into this. I mean, there's probably not a lot of confidence on that roster right now. Uh, we saw a lot of that. We talked about Minnesota a lot, but they had zero confidence at the beginning of the season. Those goal scorers had no confidence. Um, it's completely changed in the last two weeks, three weeks for them. Um just about everybody in the lineup is contributing now, uh, you know, so I, it, it's hard to get that confidence and get that positive feeling back in the locker room when you're not
0: winning. Yeah. Yeah. There's some other, other guys on the, some guys that are going to be unrestricted free agents next year that are kind of uh, that might be up on the chopping block too. We're talking about Chris Kreider, uh, possibly being on the, on the, uh, on the trade block. And then uh, I was hearing something about that. Jean Gabriel uh, Paggio in Ottawa, maybe, uh, maybe on the trade block too. So.
2: Yeah, and last year, you know, St. Louis Blues are at the bottom of the barrel. So, you know, these teams like Minnesota Wild, they uh, – they, you go on a spurt for a little bit. Unfortunately, they got a lot of people on the injured reserve. But we're not even into the all-star break yet. And some of these teams, um, you know, that we thought should be on top, you know, aren't, aren't, you know, producing like we thought they would. We obviously knew Boston would be on top. I mean – I think we've talked about it before on the podcast. One of the best lines, you know, in NHL history. Uh, we went, you know, talked about the French Connection in Buffalo and you know Lemieux down in uh, um, Pittsburgh. But that that line in Boston is just fucking on fire. Um, and then you got Colorado. We knew they would be on top. Uh, Buffalo's looking good. Uh, we Islanders are looking good from last year. But some of these teams, you know, Washington. You know, that's a whole nother story. We can banter that for hours. You know, they're going to do, they're going to, they're leading the league in uh, goals against, uh, goals for. uh, They're on fire, but can they, you know, can they go deep into playoffs? Um, You know, Tampa was the epitome of that last year. So it's a, it's a, it's a hard league to predict. Um, We'll see what happens, but I think Arizona now picking up Taylor Hall, I think that this is the biggest news in the hockey world community, uh, besides the World Juniors coming up. Um, you know, besides, there's a few other milestones that happened. Malkin got his 400th goal.
3: It's um, big news. I'm, I'm still yeah. kind of at a loss for Taylor Hall. You know, he's not, not a right fit in New Jersey. No no doubt about that. It's not the right space for him. He, he yeah. seemed to have already opened up in Arizona. So maybe he's found a, a new home. Um,
2: yeah, that's good all for, good for him, Another luck. That's all it takes. Yeah. For sure. uh,
4: Yeah, well, we'll go through these standings a little bit, see if they've changed much from uh, last week. I mean, I'm sure they haven't changed too much, but, um, you know, as far as if somebody wants to start with uh, maybe start with the Central League, I know that's kind of been one of the hot leagues. If you look at who's been winning in the NHL, it's been and the essential teams. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, you know, we, we talked about Blues. Colorado a bunch tonight, and, you know, they're plus 28 on the goal differential. I mean, the score, this, the firepower they have um, is unreal. Obviously, the Blues are on top with 48 points, and then you got uh, Colorado on 45. Winnipeg's up there. Um, Dallas, Nashville, uh, Minnesota, and Chicago still down there at the bottom. Um you know, I, I, as far as the division though, I think they're the hottest division in the league right now. As far as
4: wins go, lately, as of late in the last week, week and a half, uh, the Central has been dominating.
2: Uh, exactly. As far Colorado's as the standings eight, go, eight one and one in their last ten games. So that's huge for Colorado. I mean, eight one and one. It's a lot of points to uh, to be gaining there.
4: Yeah, Dallas has been playing well. The, you know, the Minnesota's been playing well. They've been winning a lot of games. I mean, it's even uh, Chicago's been pulling out some wins. So, um, you know, that be, that division is going to be a tough one um, to get up towards the top to get to that wild card spot.
2: Yeah, Minnesota's had a lot of injuries too. Uh, their main goalie's been out. Uh, Spurgeon's been out. Uh, Koivu's been out. Sucker's out now. Um,
5: Flano. Or not, not Flano.
4: Erickson Eck.
2: Back, a but. Uh, so a lot of injuries, but th- they're that team that Colorado or uh, Minnesota is that team that uh, we touched on, um, kind of compare them to the Islanders of last year. Like to me, anyways, since I watch them a little bit more than any other team in the league, they're just that team you don't know. I mean, you could come in, they could go into Washington and beat them by three goals. Um, it's just uh, it's, that's the way it is until like the last 15, 20 games of the NHL season and then you get into playoffs.
3: Well, we've talked about it before. At 35 games, you, you want to really start making your moves somewhere soon here. you got about 50 games left, 55 games left. And what we said was by 55 games, you really about want to be in your stride. So it's still a horse race.
2: Yes, sir.
4: Yeah, Dubbs was back on the bench last night. Um, Staylock got the start. Capo uh, Kakinen went back down to the, the Iowa Wild, and he actually had a pretty outstanding stint when he was up there. So, so was trying to see, you know, how do you not keep Staylock and Dubbs up there? You know, but he is a dominant third goalie.
2: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, just, uh, you know, I touched on Malkin scoring his 400th regular season NHL goal. Um, They had a big win, four win over Calgary on Tuesday, but uh, he's the fourth player to score 400 goals with the Penguins. I mean, he's up there now. You you think of the Penguins players, um, you know, the scores of that dynasty of the Pittsburgh Penguins and who's there. You got Mario Lemieux with 690 goals. Crosby, 451 goals, and then Yager with 439, and uh, you got Malkin now, who's you know up there with those boys with 400, and he's got years left. He's got at least another good three to five years left. So I mean, is he going to beat Yager's 439 goals? Definitely. He's playing with Crosby's. Crosby's going to be there probably as long as he is. So. I mean, that's huge. I mean, he's the seventh player born in Russia to score 400 NHL goals behind Ovechkin, Fedorov, McGinley, Pavel Bure, Kovalchuk. Um, those are some big names. So, um, you know, he's he's one of those players that, you know, right now in the NHL that uh, people will be talking about, you know, 10, 15 years to come. So that's big news. <laughs> I was watching the Rangers
4: game last night, and
2: um,
4: in between periods, they had a highlight of Jager. He's still playing. He's 47 years old, and he's playing over in the Czech League. He had four goals.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> 47.
2: Crazy. Speaking That's of milestones, Just get the puck and just, in those leagues over there. He just, he's so above everyone else. I bet you he just gets that puck, and every time, you know, just fires that fucker at the net. I he's got a big
0: look. Yeah, I saw a video of, I was going to say that he has a big beard and he's got like, he's skating around like in practice or wherever the hell he is. And he's got like ankle weights and wrist weights on his, uh, on his legs and stuff. Looks like, you know, like your best friend's mom back in high school going speed walking <laughs> around the block with her, you know, with the weights on her legs, you know, with the arms
5: pumping. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. Stalzy had a milestone. He
4: got his thousand point. Um, Eric Stahl in the wild and he had his yeah, that's big. goal. I think he's got like 460-some goals and whatever in assists. But this happened, I saw that the other night, and I was like, well, what did Gretzky end up with? How many points did Gretzky have? And I, I mean, I think it was 2,600 or something. That's <laughs> something crazy. No one's even close. Like, I don't understand. He had like a 170-point season, um, his best season. That's just unbelievable. I mean, was it that that much easier to score back then? I mean, like people are going to make that argument. You know, how did Gretzky score so many points? Yeah, was it, it be well, that much different? But
3: at some point, that argument is going to be valid because you know, at that point, they just barely had fucking curved sticks.
5: <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean,
3: well, it,
2: I mean, it was a clutch and grab, came clutch and grab. Curs- hockey season too i mean hockey time you know so it wasn't this you know open hockey style nhl that they have now that was a clutch and grab so he was a little fucker too like jack Hughes, like Derek was talking about he wasn't some big boy skating around he was 18 in the nhl with those big ass fighters that had no teeth smoking a cigarette on the bench this so it's it's one of those you can banter that for days it's who's better lebron or michael jordan same thing yeah yeah
4: i think you see just as many goals down man i mean they even talk about average um goals in the nhl last year six goals per game so if you're not scoring three goals a game you're not going to win games right so i mean i don't see how they were scoring more goals back then you didn't see seven to five fucking games or anything like that really you know as much as you would see two to one games so i mean i don't think that that argument pull water I think these days they're playing a three-on-three three, uh, overtimes their penalties are fucking non-stop so they're on power plays all the time I mean how many more chances can you give these all-stars to score goals yeah. I mean if Gretzky was on the power play 20 more times a season how many points would he've scored
2: yeah and some of that goes to you know the style of play of the goaltender. so back in those days they didn't go down they were stand-up goalies um, you know, drop down to one knee or something. Now you got Marc Andre Fleury fucking jumping backwards with his stick, um, going down into the butterfly. Um, you know, that's a whole different, you know, bigger pads, um, all that shit goes into play too. So that's, you can go either way with that. I, I agree, both sides. But uh, um, uh, what I want to talk about was that uh, Buffalo Sabres, Jack Eichel um going on his 17 game point streak i know uh jl talked about buffalo being one of his teams that he was surprised of on paper thinks they're gonna do well but i mean jack eichel is that guy he i mean i don't think you will ever see jack eichel in another uniform he will his jersey will go up in buffalo he's uh um who's that who is the player rob had too many beers that uh uh, his jersey's up in Buffalo. That you know, that's who he's going to be with, Pat Lafontaine.
3: Which guy? Know. Yeah, there's there's several. Le, I,
2: I was going to Lafontaine, but Pat Lafontaine that, that I can think of the last Buffalo Saber um,
4: All yep, Twenty four.
3: Jack Eichel's got twenty four goals, twenty six assists, fifty yeah.
4: points, and he's a he's an eighty million dollar contract, right? So I mean, he's producing for that contract. So you yes, know, that's, yeah. can get him
2: this
0: year 50 points in what 35 games there you go
3: fucking points
2: 50 points already and we're not even at the all-star break i think there's five players in the nhl right now that are going to break the 100 point um, mark by all-star break yeah if they continue that's huge crazy Matthews he has his twenty. He just got his twenty fifth multi point game, so that's big too. Toronto's not looking too well. I thought they would, uh, uh, one of the teams that I thought would be doing way better than they are, but uh, oh, um, I, I think they're I just think they,
5: slow
3: right now and we'll give a time. There's fifty five games left. It's a lot yeah. of hockey. A lot of things can change. We could be in completely different conversations in fifty five games.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, one of the
4: other teams that's fallen off that was kind of up in the top of the standings, as you see, the, the Florida Panthers have fallen off um, from their hot streak. Uh, they haven't been winning that many games as of late, and they've fallen down into the bottom of the barrel there. So we were thinking that they might be one of those teams that was going to surprise us this year and um, you know be the new lightning in that division, but uh, they've fallen off. so.
2: See what happens I to that. Yeah, uh, Svechikov of the Hurricane scored another Svetikov, lacrosse I, I, I
3: was going to say that. I, I brought it up uh, with Stalock, and I thought it was Ajo, but it was Svechikov scored the uh, lacrosse yeah. down goal again.
2: Again, yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah, somebody was
5: talking. I was
4: watching something, and they were talking about that, and, you know. I think actually it might have been Robin and our last podcast. It was, I think you were saying, "Salo, well, do you have to look out for that now?" Yeah, yeah. You know, our, guy, our guys going to start using that as a as an That's opportunity the same to score. Time
3: he's he's done that. That's crazy. Yeah.
4: And these guys are skilled enough. You know, not saying that he's the only one that can do it. I'm saying that there's a lot of guys that can probably figure out how to do that fairly quickly with the uh, hands and the skills that they have. So do they start practicing this stuff in the off season? Do we start seeing that a little more? i have has got to hold that pipe when they're behind the net.
3: Stand tall.
0: No doubt. You think Florida would rather play on the road than at home, so they don't hear like an echo when they're playing?
2: <laughs> Here, like it reminds <laughs> me of the the boards at Bonnie Castle uh, rink in <laughs> Bay. It was just hollow throughout there. I played I played a summer team up there, God in 95, 96 with Bonnie Castle Kings. <laughs> And that arena was just <laughs> fucking just hollow. So you hollow. shot the puck at the boards and it just, and when you skated, it made a hollow sound too. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I like Florida Panthers. I think they have a good market down there. I just don't know how, how they can reach it as an organization. I don't know what they can do besides I like, you know, spend a lot of money to get people in there. I don't know.
5: And then you have on the other
4: <clears throat> the flip side of that, we had um, the wild out in Vegas last night and places just rocking and they were interviewing players before the games and you could barely hear them because before the game it was so fucking loud in there that, you know, they had trouble interviewing players pregame, yeah. you know, so that's a team that's only been in the league a couple of years and they're filling the seats with electrifying fans and they're getting with tons of like Away fans, you know, which is kind of odd because obviously Vegas hasn't had a team, you know, so that they have tons of away fans at the games too. So even when the away team scores, it's loud. So I mean, it's it's kind of crazy that a team like Vegas, two years in, already has a huge fan base and a pack in their arenas. And uh, it'd be exciting to see what happens up in Seattle. And I think they've actually, I think they committed on a name. They just haven't announced yet. Something I saw
2: February. And I think they're gonna.
4: A lot of coaching rumors are going on right now too about who's going to be picked for the coach. So yep. we're going to see some news out of Seattle pretty soon.
2: I see uh, Gary Batman uh, was at the stock exchange um, on the on uh, yesterday, and uh, Anheuser Busch now is the official sponsor of the NHL Budweiser Bud Light Budweiser.
4: Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think that is one thing that you can judge, like, how well a a, a sports organization is doing if you get Bud Light as a sponsor. Yeah. Because Bud Light is the sponsor of any established, well-managed sports team or sports organization, right? Like, Bud Light is, like, the premier sponsor of NFL for many, many, many years because that's the premier for an audience and TV rights. So if you have Bud- Budweiser coming in and spending money on the NHL, you know that's just going to open the door for other big-time advertisers. And if we look at it, you know, we had a broadcaster on tonight. You can watch your favorite team in any city at any night, whether wherever they're playing, on their home broadcast, right? So, I mean, how often could we do that when we were kids is actually go on and watch our favorite team but also listen to the broadcasters we wanted to listen to? so that's pretty amazing that every team is broadcasting every game like before you'd have the home team broadcast the game or you'd have it on a national televised thing and there would only be five games on a night or or a week or whatever but i mean i think that just goes to show that fox and these other networks are pouring money into the nhl to actually make sure that every game is on tv that you want to watch it and um actually have more than one broadcast so i think that's huge for the league and you know this sponsorship from bud light shows how strong the NHL is becoming.
5: Yeah.
2: I'm with you on that for
4: sure.
5: Yeah. So who's next,
4: you know, who's the next big sponsors. It's just going to start to fall. And, you know, I who we had on the, on the podcast, they were talking about ESPN. Um, I think it was Steve actually. He was talking about it. When we were talking about super series, how ESPN is talking about coming in to uh, buy the rights for some of the rights for the NHL. Right. So you have NBCs the big sponsor right now. Now you're going to have a battle. Between a couple different networks that want to sp- spend big money, they start spending big money between the sponsors, between the, the TV rights, then the players. You know these eighty million dollar contracts for Eichel are going to be a hundred. You know the salary cap's going to go yeah. up. You know it's just this is the nature of the beast. So the it's good for the, hockey, yeah.
2: football, baseball, yeah. basketball. That's the way it is. Yeah.
4: Well, hockey, I think, has always been the fourth. You know, not in our minds. Yeah, yeah. But most most American. Uh, sports fans probably view the NHL as the fourth uh, most dominant league. You know, obviously the MLB and NFL, and then the NBA, right? So the NHL is slowly creeping up
2: to being good that for one of those good for business you know, they, in the podcast.
4: They've been bringing it back since since the lockout when it really fell off when they had that lockout and they lost a lot of fans. You know, and I think ever since then it's been the, the battle to bring it back. So. I mean, it's great, great, great for people like us that, that you know live on, uh, you know, hockey news yeah, and stuff on. like that. <laughs> no, it's great. It's good. It's all. It's all good. You know, if if, if it keeps going that way, are we going to see more teams too? So,
2: yeah. Um, I mean, they got teams in the desert now in Arizona, who's going to be a contender with staying the cop. They got teams in Vegas. I mean, come on, fuck without that. When we were, so you think Vegas is going to be like the
4: next big sports town, you know, getting an NFL team, we got an NHL team?
2: Well, I just had, uh, you know, friends and family members out in Vegas uh, attended the Minnesota Wild versus the uh, Knights game. And, you know, I, I got in a conversation with one, you know, just what you said earlier, Mark, that, you know, you get teams in that and, you know, away teams in the uh, arena and uh, it's almost a 50-50 split half are uh vegas gold knights and half are the way team um just people go there to you know have fun and see shows so i mean constantly i don't even know what the average how many what the tourists are a day in vegas but it's got to be you know hundreds a a, a lot um why wouldn't you just buy a ticket you know everyone's sports fans that go to vegas you know um buy a ticket to go to the football game, buy a ticket to go to the hockey game. Fuck it. We're here. Um, So you don't need that down in Florida Panthers. You don't have that, you know, you you need to get, you know, those season ticket holders or, you know, retain those, those uh, fan base out there. You, it's, it's just like, you know, turnovers every day, something different, someone different. So, two for Vegas and I to be honest I don't can't believe there's not hasn't been a team out there sooner than 2019
5: 2020 yeah the Raiders are going there too right
2: yeah yes yeah. yeah they're actually starting uh construction on the stadium um I heard the people that went out there and saw the con the, all the construction equipment
0: yeah I mean they're be playing there next year so they better be ready I don't follow basketball, but they don't have any basketball out there yet,
2: right?
0: Not yet. Not yet. But like you know what what they've done, you know, you were talking talking a little bit about uh, Florida Panthers struggling to you know fill up the rink is, you know they they've they've put you know Vegas influence into their hockey games and you know, they put on a kind of a show there. I mean, before the game, yeah. they got a big light show, you know. So what you're doing is you're get and you're talking about you know a lot of opposing teams fans going to the games is because. They've created an atmosphere where you know people are in town gambling or whatever. They're hockey fans. They want to go see a show, and they're making they're making the hockey game a show at the same time as it is a game. So um, exactly. they, they've done it. They've done a really smart thing out there, and on, on, on how they've captured a market. And you know, maybe Florida, you know, can start kind of you know taking some notes on that and see you know how they can you know pull some fans in off the beach. So
2: get some casinos. Yeah, I was driving. Me- uh,
0: yeah, for drive
4: really. me nuts. It would drive me nuts watching a Vegas home game in the playoffs last year. It fucking sucked. They turned the game on and a half hour later. The fucking game was started. Like Jesus Christ! I don't need to see this fucking night flying around from the ceiling anymore. Let's play some hockey. Yeah,
2: I, yeah. D- I heard the shows were unbelievable and the interaction yeah. with the crowds and stuff. They're, they definitely put on a show.
0: Yeah, there is some casinos down in South Florida. Seminoles down there. So, Ooh, okay. oh yeah, And no, that, down in South Florida though, they have. Uh, I think my my mom used to oh, work at a casino Florida. when she was down there. She uh, they they have quite a few casinos actually down in that area. I've so.
3: been to a couple.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, they got to start figuring out, man. They got to make the Florida Panthers a little bit more attractive place to watch some games.
4: Yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of Florida sports. I mean, I don't think they have a lot of uh, you was know, it the Marlies or whatever, and you know, even the the Dolphins. You know, I, I don't think they. I think They all struggle a little bit with sometimes getting especially the baseball team and hockey team Florida, but the football is a little bit different even though they suck
0: yeah, uh, uh, The product on the product on the field and the ice has been shitty, too Which doesn't help anything, but you got to think about it. I mean you're if you're in Miami and You're gonna go watch a football game, and you're gonna sweat your nuts off the whole game, you know, so um, It's it's tough. I mean, it's you know, you talk about being up here in the cold and shit like that but you know a lot of people Going to those, I know I talked to my aunt who lives down in South Florida. You know it's tough when they go to those uh, Miami games, man. And it's 85, 88 degrees with humidity, and you're getting baked in the sun watching that thing. And they're losing 21 nothing at halftime. I mean, the place is going to empty out pretty quick. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's like the opposite. You go to a Giants
4: game, you want to be on the sunny side the whole
0: game because it's cold <laughs> down there. You want to be
4: on the sunny side. And, and they're losing
2: 21 to nothing second quarter, get <laughs> and
3: leaving, freezing.
4: Yeah. Cut the beer off third quarter. Let's go. Let's go to the tiki bar. Yeah.
3: So <laughs> it was. Oh, for boys,
4: Tampa. Uh, Holy. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, it was funny actually being in a locker room down here in Florida from minor hockey. That actually, was a pretty nice rink, but um, in the locker room yesterday, the air conditioning was on in the fucking locker room, so that was kind of odd. You know, you're not really used to that air conditioning pouring out of the ceiling when you're getting your kids stuff on, so. It's a little bit different down there, for sure. A good podcast, boys. Uh, Good to hear from from an insider up in Columbus. You know, uh, he's he's a broadcaster there. He also does their analyst stuff on TV, on Fox for them. So we got to get a good inside scoop on what's going on in Columbus. Uh, Also a little look on his his hockey career. So it was all good stuff there. Um, Obviously, the NHL is getting to, what, the third of the season in. So we're going to have a lot of... Hopefully trades and stuff like that coming up in the next couple months that we'll be able to talk about too. See what's going on in the free agency and, and the trade deadline in, in a few months. Up.
2: World Juniors coming up, NHL All Star break, and uh,
5: so a lot of stuff.
4: Just before we go, Pat, what's uh, going on with the Black Bears up in Maine? I see they've fallen down in the standings a little bit. Is it struggling with some of the Hockey East teams? Or-
2: yeah. I uh- uh, you know, just in general, you know, college hockey, you still got North Dakota on top, Minnesota, uh, Duluth, Bulldogs in second place. Clarkson's up there, they're in fifth, Cornell's in fourth, um, I forget who's in third, but uh, yeah, Maine and Hockey East, they kind of dropped down a little bit. I think the teams that they played right off the bat, right out of the, the shoot of the uh, uh, college hockey season, Uh, They weren't gelling yet. Now they all gelled. So you got the typical BC that's back on top. You got the typical Northeastern that's on top. Um, UMass is in second place. UMass is up there. So, um, you know, I think Maine's like at the bottom, third from the bottom. Um, We'll see what happens. They got a really good goaltender. He came on the podcast here. Um, We'll see what happens. Hopefully they can pull up. Hopefully they just make the tournament.
4: Uh, Hockey, uh, Eastern, and too, uh, what's up with the uh, new Appleton Arena construction? Is that is there's some talk going on there that that going to be done soon?
0: Yeah, they're looking at the end of uh, so I think January. Don't quote me on the exact date, but the 30th for the first men's game, um, and January I believe 19th for the first women's game. Uh, the rink looks awesome, man. It's really, uh, it's it's really a beautiful sight to see. Honestly, the um, the, the front facade of it, it looks like it's mostly complete. Um, so you're gonna have that big glass. Basically, the front's like almost all glass, looking in. Um, pretty pretty awesome looking structure now. And uh, so it's it's definitely winding down. Here we are going into to the beginning of January, um, pretty soon. So you know, within a month or so, they should be playing games in there. So that's pretty exciting for guys up here. So. Yeah. Thanks
2: for
4: camping. All right. All right, cool, man. Um, we'll get into it next week. Don't forget to get on our Twitter and our Instagram, Facebook, all of our social media stuff, and you can watch our podcast on YouTube now. Check out our YouTube channel if you want to see our ugly mugs. You can do that now. Watch the whole show live on YouTube. So don't forget to do that, or just check out our usual audio podcast at BlueLineHockeyClub.com. All right, boys, another good one. Till next time, keep your stick on the ice. Woo! Mm. Widow Oh, Doctor. Keep your head up.